from the Game Nashville studios, presented by Wholesale Inc. Mount Juliet. It's time to take you behind the scenes in Smashville. That's across, he scores! This is the Preds' official podcast with Thomas Willis and Brooks Bratton. Powerful move from back of the net. On Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Welcome in. It's the Predators' official podcast. I'm Thomas Willis, seated alongside Brooks Braden, both of us of NationalPredators.com. Josh Upton on the controls for this debut episode when the Predators go audio. We're available in a variety of formats, but primarily right now on 102.5 The Game. Brooks, it's been a long time coming. Welcome into the debut broadcast. I don't think there will ever be a time in this show for uh, however long we're on the air that I will not air drum to Don't Let It Break Your Heart by Coldplay on the intro. You know, we debated a bit. You as the music guy, I would have deferred to you, but I suggested Coldplay because it's a band we both agree on, and out of nowhere, a bit of an underrated song, I would say. A deep track on yeah. Milo Xyloto. Wow, well, let's get right to the chase. We wanted to briefly introduce ourselves and then say what we have coming up on this first episode can I go and say it's one of our best? Well, it kind of has to be because we've only had one, but we do have a jam-packed show that's really good. So as far as who we are, you've probably seen our names on a byline once or twice on com or the Predators app, but maybe you haven't heard us talk about the team. And for Brooks and I, we've both been here. This will be the start of our fifth season. Brooks writes most of the content now um, on com, and he and I have toyed for years with the idea of giving fans another format to get closer to this Predators team, to get inside access, to get the best interviews. And as we've seen this hunger for hockey in especially Music City just grow and grow and grow, the numbers have gone through the roof. So thank you for that, incidentally. But then we wanted to give you this opportunity, and and here we are in this debut episode. Perhaps you're listening to this in your vehicle, on your way to work, whatever mode of transportation you choose. We hope that our voices are lightening your morning a bit. <laughs> Uh, whatever the case might be. But yeah, as, as Thomas says, uh, our goal from day one, really, when we came in in August of 2014, is to make Preds.com the place to go for news and information on the team we all know and love. And this is just another vehicle, hopefully, to get that message out and have a heck of a lot of fun along the way. We'll we'll have some serious talk because that needs to happen every once in a while. But you'll see later on, we talked to a certain defenseman earlier. Just stay tuned. That's all I have to say. We will give you the analysis, the updates, and as Brooks mentioned, let's go ahead and get into today's uh, show, what we've got lined up for you. We have an incredible interview with all-star defenseman P.K. Subban. The reason we wanted him on this first episode is NHL 19, the EA Sports video game, came out Friday, and we'll get to how you can get a copy of that. He autographed one on PS4. We're going to tell you in the last segment how you can get your hands on that. We're going to give it away. But then just a great interview with him talking about, honestly, everything but hockey at points. His relationship with Lindsey Vaughn, where he traveled this summer. He's just a guy that has his hands in everything. He's doing everything. Uh, and because of that, it's just kind of cool to hear more about him. We will then go through the top five moments of the offseason, as this is our debut episode as training camp begins. We'll go through maybe what you would have missed and what the defining moments were over the last few months. And then finally we'll get to training camp battles and then the roster as we see it shaping up over these next few weeks. It's crazy to think we have our doubleheader of preseason games on Monday and we're going to basically play two thirds of the preseason in a week because it will be a doubleheader at Florida. Then the Preds will host Tampa Bay on Friday uh, and then go the very next day on the 22nd of September to visit Tampa. So four preseason games in one week. We are that close, but 
Without further ado, here is number five, the defining moment of this offseason. Number five. I knew we'd be asked a few questions, but the biggest question I was asked was, how can you have this guy on your team when you allegedly stand against violence on women? For us, it's a pretty simple answer. It really is. The two are not at odds with each other, but whenever something like this hits a little closer to home, you have to look at it in two ways. You have a choice. Walk away from the person or walk away from the issue. That's how everyone looks at it. You can't have it both, and we don't see it that way. We see engaging with Austin and Jen deeper, and most importantly, staying with our commitment with the men, because there's no greater cause for us to stand behind and no greater crisis facing our community than what's going on with violence on women. That was Predators President Sean Henry speaking about Austin Watson's 27-game suspension. Let's go ahead and hear one more clip before we analyze. This will be their general manager, David Poyle. A couple ways you always handle uh, situations. I mean, this is this is family, and... Uh, Things, things happen with all of our families that aren't uh, exactly uh, perfect. I'm, I'm really hoping deep down that uh, in a lot of ways that uh, we, we as the Predators, as an organization in Austin and his family are going to come out of this uh, in a much better place uh, somewhere down, down the road. So I, I really, our, our thoughts were only to treat this as family. Of course, an unfortunate situation this offseason but again it frankly is one of the things that defined this summer and will define the Predators for at least the first 27 games of this season Austin Watson this is a quote from Gary Bettman as he was suspended earlier this past week uh, for 27 games for quote unacceptable off-ice conduct here's what the NHL commissioner had to say on the subject I have determined that National Predators player Austin Watson engaged in a physical confrontation with his domestic partner. Today's ruling, which tailored to the specific facts of this case and the individuals involved, is necessary and consistent with the NHL's strongly held view that it cannot and will not tolerate this and simpler types of conduct. Brooks, I don't want to touch on this briefly because it's it's an unsettling topic, but, but it is a significant one. And you and I were both there uh, earlier this week when – Sean Henry, David Poyle, and the Predators captain, Roman Yossi, spoke on this. And my eyes were opened a bit because Sean Henry's main point was people wanted to say that they're mutually exclusive things. How can the Predators organization work with Amend, uh, which is a phenomenal organization that you should check out and learn more about, that stands against domestic violence and training young boys and men to make Nashville the safest city it can be for women? How can the Predators stand with that organization and then also support or continue to employ Austin Watson? And I thought he did an excellent job of saying we can do both. And honestly, we should do both. As you heard David Poyle say, this is a family matter. Sure. And I think from David and Sean's standpoint is David had the point of saying, if this was your own child, what would you do? You would want to rehabilitate your child, bring your child back uh, to life essentially, and and help to make them whole again. And I think that's what the organization has decided to do. And, and the way that they've decided to look at this is David and Sean said yesterday, it, it is, we do look at it as a family matter. And we're more than just a professional hockey team. We're one big family. And this is one of our family members. And we want, as an organization, everybody to come together on this and everybody to come out better for it because of the way that we've addressed this and the way we're going to move forward on it. And honestly, it makes the Predators' relationship with Amend even stronger. They're, in a sense, doubling down because now it, it is a situation that's sad and, and terrible to think about. But Again, the Predators have been standing against domestic violence for several years now, and now a situation just hit closer to home. It wasn't as if that wasn't continuing to occur, so now you're going to see them even more uh, outward going, even more supportive of that while they care for 
especially Jen, um, Austin Watson's girlfriend, and then their baby, that young family, as things get better. Um, and then quickly on the kind of ins and outs of it, we'll talk about what that means for the roster later on in the show. But just in case you didn't hear, Austin Watson can practice with the team. He will be eligible to return December the 3rd versus the Buffalo Sabres. That game's at Bridgestone Arena. But we only have a few moments left in this opening segment, so let's go on to number four. Number four. Sometimes you got to go back to actually move forward. That may seem a bit strange <laughs> out of nowhere. but I can't get enough of it, there's honestly. There's a reason, man, those commercials are great. That's Matthew McConaughey setting the stage for why Dan Hamuse, a veteran defenseman, chose to sign a two-year deal with the National Predators and come back for the team and the organization that drafted him for one reason, and that's to win a Stanley Cup. So, as McConaughey says, there are people that say you can't go back. But sometimes you have to in order to move forward. Well, and that was the reason we picked this is because you wrote the article on it and kind of framed it around that whole concept over the summer. When Dan Hamhuis came back, you wrote the article on NashvillePredators.com that brought it in and said, hey, here's what, bingo, exactly. There it is. Here's what we're going to do. This is what Dan Hamhuis is doing. He's coming back. Matthew McConaughey, some people says, say you can't go back. Well, I say you can't. That's what Dan Hamhuis is doing. But no, you're right. He's coming back to an organization that he feels and knows has a chance to win a Stanley mm-hmm. Cup for not just the next year, but two years as his deal is and for a very long time after that. He's, of course, 35. I want to get into what he could mean, what pairing we could see, what's left of, of this uh, a guy that, in theory, is signing his final contract of his NHL career. Here's what he had to say on the subject first. Again, this one's on NashvillePredators.com as well. We won't play the drop this time, but he says, the team being very competitive, in my opinion, one of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup next year. That's a huge draw. The fans, it's not a secret anymore, especially after 2017's playoff run that they had. It's a well-talked-about thing about how great Predators fans are across the league, and I'm excited to have a chance to go back and be a part of it. All right, so in the two minutes left, though, let's let's preview a roster battle in a sense. Where do you see Hamus fitting in? What do the Predators want out of him as a guy that, again, has been a top-pairing defenseman when he was with in theory, the Canucks was a top four role last season with the Dallas Stars, was playing more than 20 minutes a night. And I think there was a criticism of, oh, he's 35, like he's breaking out. This is a guy that's played more than 79 games for several consecutive years. But again, don't expect the Predators to see him in the top four. What do you see out of him? He's incredibly durable, like you said. And we know who the Predators' top four are, of course. Yossi, Ekholm, Subban, Ellis. We know they're not going anywhere. Dan Hamhus is going to fit in perfectly on that third pairing. That's one of the more intriguing battles of training Mm -hmm. camp is to see who ends up alongside of him when opening night does come in New York. Again, we're going to assume that Dan Hamhuis will be on that third pairing. Is it Matt Irwin? Is it Yannick Weber? Is it Tony Batetto? All three of them have a good shot to be there. And I think that's what we're going to look to see. Matt Irwin and Yannick Weber maybe got some more opportunities last season than than Tony Batetto did. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say that he's not going to challenge. That's not to say that all three of them are going to challenge each other. And that's what you like in training camp. You want those individual battles within your organization. And for me, I thought it was interesting. He mentioned that David Poyle said to him, I'm talking about Dan Hamus, that he saw the opportunity with if a top four defenseman took a penalty or if there was an injury that he could see Dan Hamus sliding up higher in the defensive pairings to play on the first or second. To me, that gives him the edge. I kind of see him as that five spot, that 
fifth guy in line. And then you're right. Is it Yannick Weber on the right side because he has a right-handed shot? Matt Irwin, Anthony Potato, they'll make up that. That is something to keep an eye on as training camp is underway. It's crazy to think that hockey is here. And it never hurts to have another crafty, wily veteran in the lineup to hammer, as they call him. No, it certainly does not. We'll continue our top five countdown from the offseason in just a minute. This is the Predators, Predators official podcast on 102.5 The Game. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast on 102.5 The Game, thegamenashville.com, nashvillepredators.com, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold, except this one's free. You don't have to buy <laughs> That's this That's a deal. We are not for sale. <laughs> Welcome back to the inaugural episode. I'm Brooks Bratton alongside Thomas Willis, the ginger duo of preds.com, continuing our top five defining moments of the Predators offseason with training camp upon us. And we'll pick it up right here with number three. Number three. A man we all know and love, our goaltender, number 35, Pecorine, finally won his first Vesna Trophy this offseason, named the NHL's best goaltender. It's the 31 NHL general managers mm-hmm. that vote for this. You know David Poyle was campaigning, but they finally decided to give the nod to Pekka. 22 first-place votes ensuring he would win the hardware this time. Out of goaltenders who played at least 50 games, Rene was first in save percentage, 927. Even strength save percentage, 938. And goals against average, 231. He tied for first in the NHL in shutouts with eight. That was a career high. And was third in wins with 42. Sure, it's a performance-based award, but a guy at this point in his career, you want him to win this. And he finally did. Right. To me, it felt like a legacy award in a way. I know it is only for the 2017-2018 season, but you're right. A guy that had been a finalist three other times before that and had not been able to win it, but had had several other seasons that in theory could have been of that caliber. And then at the age of 35 to put together what he did. One of my favorite stats about that season is down the stretch when it really mattered, February into March, it hit when he shut out the Buffalo Sabres up in Buffalo in a Game in a 23 game stretch, he had gone 21, 1, and 1. So he had lost one game in regulation in 23 games. That's roughly a third of the season if you're scoring at home. That is absolutely incredible. Every night he was going into that and he was winning, 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 winning. Forecast this for me as we look ahead to this season as training camp has begun. What does that mean to you? Because does it feel like We've already forgotten that he won the Vesna Trophy just a few months ago in June. I mean, doesn't it? I mean, it's a guy that's in the final year of his contract, a, a seven-year, $49 million deal. UC Saros re-signs for three years this offseason as an RFA. I'm not saying that Saros' time isn't coming, but doesn't it feel like some of us have forgotten just how good Pecorine was last year? It's easy to. At the same time, I think this is, and and we've seen it happen, especially last season, the way Saros played in the back-to-backs, mm-hmm. going 9-1-2 and two in those back-to-backs, how many games the Predators won because he stole those games in the back-to-backs. I think Pekka's really good, and, and we talked to him at the beginning of training camp, just saying how good he feels mentally, mm-hmm. physically, at his age. He's a goaltender that's supposed to be regressing. Typically when goaltenders get into their mid to upper 30s, they start regressing. He isn't. And at, at that same time, I think this is a guy who he's really good at listening to his body. He knows when he's tired. He knows when he needs to take a night off. At the same time, he's a professional athlete and he's a competitor and he wants to play. 
But I think that sweet spot is around the 55 to 60 game mark. Okay. It's similar to what we saw last year with Yusei Saros. So 59 games last year. With Yusei Saros. And and I think the the second half of the back-to-back situation, you would always assume that one would get one, one would get the other. Mm -hmm. I think what we could see this season is a little more of you say getting a Tuesday night or a Thursday night in the middle of a week when there aren't any back-to-backs. Okay, yeah. I think those are the games that you might see a little bit more from number 74. And I'll be interested to see, I think maybe Saros is also to the point that the opponent doesn't matter. You know, in the past, it's, uh, okay, maybe we will play him on a Tuesday, but we're going to save him to play, uh, you know, no, no, uh, not trying to be harsh here, but the Buffalo Sabres, you know, so maybe he does start against a central division opponent, a, a Dallas Stars, a St. Louis Blues. I think that'll be interesting to see. But you're right. A guy that was that good, he only started 59 games. I could see him going back to maybe a 55. But let me just go ahead and give you a heads up. When the, when he wins 40 games again, and I wouldn't be shocked if he does, he's going to resign. And he's going to resign for a year or two. I mean, that's just what I would foresee happening i would not be surprised so for those who think maybe renee's riding off into the sunset as he turns 36 in november uh, but you know maybe maybe don't make that call yet quite without let's move on to number two number two Maybe you recognize that commercial. I've never heard it in my entire life. Thomas claims it's one of the greatest it's one commercials of the most ever made. Iconic commercials of all time, and I, I won't go spoiler alert because you are watching this show right now, and I'm proud of you for it. But that watching is, or listening? No, watching. You're watching the show. You're watching Mad Men. And oh, that, I am watching. Yes, yes that yes, commercial yes. is going to come back into play later on in the plot line. I don't want to spoil it. I can't wait. Please don't again, spoil it. I, I won't. But again, that is a significant part. But you may be wondering, why are we playing commercials from the late 60s, early 70s? <laughs> well, this is the building renovation section of the countdown list. And it has been so impressive what the Predators and Bridgestone Arena have done over the years. $10 million is essentially the number that was put into it. And one of the biggest signings, though, before we get to those renovations, was a sponsorship deal, a, a big move. And not to belittle what was here before by any means, but I think it does speak just to where this organization is, that Coca-Cola was signed to a multi-long-term deal. So when you pop in for that first preseason game on the 21st, you're getting Coke products. Get excited at Bridgestone Arena. We know there's a lot of Dr. Pepper fans out there, too. It's here, baby. Like, get ready. Off but, of those renovations. Yeah. Let's talk to you more about that. I, I wanted to hear your insight. You learned more about the new dasher board system that's going into play, the new glass. Talk about that for a little bit. I think that's fascinating that just around the playing surface, these changes we're going to see. Sure. So as you said, new dasher boards, new glass uh, installed a couple of weeks ago in preparation for the season. The dasher boards and the glass, they're safer for the players who are getting body checked into them. Okay. But the glass is also... It'll make the game more entertaining. There's So when do people stand up, up, up at a hockey game? A big goal, a big save, mm-hmm. maybe a fight, a hit. Usually gets people out of their seats if it's a big hit. This glass is going to give more than it ever has before. It's going to double. So no matter where the hit is on the glass, you'll see more of a ripple effect going down the glass, uh, the length of the ice, and it'll give so much more. So it'll kind of bounce and rock and wave back and forth into the crowd in that way that's kind of a cool feature that you wouldn't even necessarily think about but again it'll be safer for the players more entertaining for the fans and then also just a more seamless uh, system as far as trying to eliminate some of those bad bounces that we've seen before that Pecorino has had to dive across and make those saves before 
Um, so we'll see some changes there too. Some other changes that we're not quite ready to talk about yet that are going to be really big surprises coming up uh, in a few weeks when we get going with the games. Mm-hmm. But then also some changes that we that's have. A, that's a professional level tease right there that you just I'm had. Trying. <laughs> The changes that we also do know that are coming that are going to be certainly more visually appealing, mm-hmm. full-blown LED boards around the entirety of Bridgestone Arena. Uh, these things are really going to catch your eye. I describe it as the simplest way is everywhere you've seen an ad, basically, inside the bowl, it's now a digital screen, So and they're coordinated. So the example has been you could see a giant Coca-Cola bottle pour across the screens and slowly bubble and fizzle up there's a new sound system as well it's going to be it's going to be rocking uh, you thought it was loud and smash but it's about to get even louder an, a new sound system and a new control room too so the that in-game presentation that the predators have already become known for it's going to be the best that it's ever been i'll try my hand at a, at a professional level tease you can read more about that on nationalpredators.com <laughs> there's also an instance where the bench is actually going to be changed around to make it easier for trainers to be able to help players in case there is an injury or that sort of thing but that's all listed out there you can read it there of course and now that counts us through we've been through the first four it's now time for number one number one i mean it's uh well it's i'm getting paid more than enough than uh to play hockey and we're very excited to I'm very excited to be able to do that for for a long time and um, it was just a, about coming across a fair deal and what worked for both sides and um, we have other guys that you know need to be re-upped and need to be signed in the future and um, I had to do my part to to keep this thing going in the right direction and um, if we can keep everyone here and keep the core together I think we compete can, can compete for a Stanley Cup for the next 10 years at least and um, I mean that's bold to say but I think uh, we believe a lot in the people that we have in our room and in our coach our GM our entire organization and um, I, I just really wanted to be a part of it tell me you don't want to run through a wall a wall after hearing Yikes. That. <laughs> I knew Ryan Ellis could give great quotes but that is about as good as it get he of course signed an eight-year 50 million dollar deal Subtly, I kind of wish it was 49 because that used to be his old number, but I'm not going to cheat a guy out of a million dollars, of course. He will now be here for the next nine seasons because he's already has one year remaining. It's a 2.5 cap hit on a deal he signed several years ago, 2014, I believe, off the top of my head. That just doesn't happen anymore. You just don't have players play their entire career with an organization. But in the final minute or so that we have, what does it mean that Ryan Ellis did sign this deal with the Predators? What does he mean on the ice and off of it as well? I mean, what doesn't he mean, honestly? I, we've talked so many times before. I've mentioned to you when he came back from injury last season, you forget just how smart of a hockey player he mm-hmm. is. You know he's an elite defenseman, but just his ability to read a situation, read a play, either an, an offensive rush that's coming at him or a breakout going out of his own end, the ability to make that first pass or escape from a four-checker, make the right decision in the corner and get the puck up and out of his own end, He's so good at that. He's so good in his own end. And then when you go back up ice, he certainly has the ability to put the puck in the net. When you've got a guy who, remember, the associate captain, by the way, Roman Yossi voted for him. Ryan Ellis voted for Roman Yossi uh, when it came time to name a new captain last season. Ryan Ellis, a, a, a very important member of that leadership group as well. And when you hear a guy who has that voice in the locker room, who means that much to the franchise saying, I want to be here. I know we want to keep this team together, and we're going to compete for a Stanley Cup for the next decade. That's what you want to hear. Well, and I think you see it as well that 
that's a big deal, that he's taking less money to keep this team together because he thinks it can compete for a Stanley Cup for years to come. Here's the deal. We get to basically have this conversation all over again next summer when Roman Yossi will be about to enter the final year of his contract. We could see him go through the same situation. Will he make the same move that Ryan Ellis does? I think we all hope that he will. What do we have coming up next? Speaking of elite defensemen, we sat down with another one. P.K. Subban, our conversation with the one, the only, number 76, coming up right after this. You are listening to the Preds official podcast on 102.5 The Game. Our next guest and our first guest on the Preds official podcast is the cover athlete for EA Sports NHL 19. He's an NHL All-Star captain, a Norris Trophy winner, and quite simply, one of the best defensemen in the world. He is number 76 for your Nashville Predators, P.K. Subban. P.K., first off, thanks for doing this. Welcome to the Preds Official Podcast. Thanks. It's uh, pretty awesome to to be on here, one of the first guys on here, and uh, I'm excited to see how it goes this year. Back in Nashville, we're here in training camp, but it was a heck of a summer for you. Is there a favorite thing that you did this summer? You're all over the place, all over the world. Yeah, just, you know what, um, summers are exciting for me. I think I... Probably my favorite thing would be to have a, a, an even shorter summer. Um, it was a little longer than I think everybody expected in Nashville, so um, that kind of sucks. But um, when you do have a long summer, you have time to train and like heal and enjoy time with your family and friends and you know wife, girlfriend, whatever it is, and just uh, just relax and, and enjoy and make good use of the time. And I think I tried to. Um, you know, do different things. I mean, obviously, you got to train and, and be in good shape, but also just having fun traveling like I do every summer, and um, this summer was, was pretty fun. We're giving away an autographed copy of NHL 19 later in the show. Yeah. But let me ask you, do you think you became the cover athlete for your good looks and charm? Like, what, what, how did they choose you? Why, why do you think they did? Um, you know what? I hope they, ch- they chose me because, you know, I bring a different element um, to it, I think, than maybe some other players and I think that just actively how you know I use my social media and whether it's Instagram Twitter how I engage with fans um just trying to bring something different something fresh um you know for EA and I think uh, I'm trying to make this a very memorable um experience for the fans but also for EA you know um they've had a lot of players they've worked with a ton of players on the cover and I'm just happy to be amongst a very special group of players that have been able to be on the cover. And I think that um, this summer I really, really enjoyed it. Enjoyed just engaging with fans and and just seeing also other successful athletes, celebrities that give their feedback on seeing me on the cover is pretty cool. At your defense camp this summer, you had a little bit of a debate with some of the campers that you posted on Instagram. Who was better looking, you or Yossi? And they, they know, right? They got the answer right. They said, of course, it's you. Has Yos been informed of that? How, how, did, how has that gone so far? Well, he doesn't need to really be informed. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty clear. It should be anyway to him um, who's better looking. I don't think we need to go into the details of that. I mean, it's just like you wake up in the morning. If the sun's shining, you put on sunglasses, you know. When he wakes up in the morning and he sees me, I think it's pretty clear. It should be 100% clear that, you know, I'm better looking. But that's just my opinion. That's my take. We did have one problem with one child that seemed to disagree with me and everybody else in the camp. He paid the price. Um, But other than that, yeah, you know, I I think the message was sent. It was received. I think the whole world knows now who's better looking. And 
uh, that's something that Yosu is going to have to deal with for the rest of his life. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it off the ice for one more question. Maybe some some of the biggest news of the offseason was you uh, beginning to date Lindsey Vaughn. I'm just curious on the backstory of how you, you met the Olympian. Like, did you ask her out? Like, how did you guys uh, yeah. meet each other and decide to start a couple? Um, well, it was, it was kind of interesting, you know. Um, I know a lot of people, like, see my personality, and I'm always, like, a guy that likes to have fun and, you know, is outgoing. But I'm also very, very shy, you know, when it comes to, you know, my personal life. And if you look, you know, I, I haven't shared much of my personal life, really, in my career. You know, this is probably the first time I've ever been public about anything in my personal life um but she is a special person and you know I think with her when we first met was at the ESPYs and um you know we know I think everybody knows I have a big mouth um I like to hope that most of the stuff that comes out of it is positive things that people don't mind to hear but uh, I do like to engage and, and socialize with people but I was on the red carpet and uh I was asked a question about, you know, kind of by the main host of the, the ESPYs on the red carpet. It was my first time there, and I was excited. I was with a couple of my friends, and uh, walking in, I saw, like, a picture, and they're, like, uh, coming on the red carpet next, Lindsey Vaughn, and it showed, like, a video of her, like, on the red carpet, and she looked unbelievable. She was in this beautiful dress, and she really looked beautiful. I had never met her before. You know, the only thing I really knew about Lindsey was that she was, a, like, a skier, and she was really, really successful. You know, but I've never met her. I don't know anybody that really knew her. So being on the red carpet, I just, I just kind of had a moment where she had asked me about, um, the reporter had asked me and said, PK, uh, you know, it's really, really hot today. It's your first SBs, you know, the Preds. You guys went to the Stanley Cup final. It's a great season for you in your first year in Nashville, but it's really hot outside. Can you tell me a little bit about what, what you're wearing? You got a three-piece suit on. How do you feel? And I'm like, yeah, it's really hot out here right now but it's not as hot as Lindsey Vaughn looks. <laughs> and um, it just so happens that she heard that, you know, um, and I had said it just to kind of be, you know, my, I'm just always joking around and having a good time. Um, but I, I just kind of spoke the truth, and that's really what I thought. I didn't think it was anything, like, aggressive or anything like that. I thought it was, like, kind of a funny compliment. So anyway, the reporter, like, kind of, like, came back at me, and she was like, yeah, well, you know, she's a very, like, strong, accomplished woman and, like, kind of put me back on my heels. And I was like, oh, man, I'm on national television. She's, like, coming at me now. And I'm like, oh. So, anyway, after I was finished the interview, uh, Lindsay came on the red carpet. And I guess people started telling her about what was said. And it just so happens my manager at WME, Jill Smoller, who manages Serena Williams, had a 10-year relationship with Lindsay. And my relationship with Jill at the time was fairly new because... She just started representing me as of, like, like early July, like, June. So um, we're on the uh, red carpet, and Lindsay goes right up to Jill and goes, like, who is this guy? <laughs> and, like, she did I guess, I mean, she says she didn't really know who, know who I was. Like, maybe she had a fair idea, but she didn't know much about hockey. You know, and I'm like, Lindsay, I'm like, listen, let's be honest here, you know. You don't have to pretend you're from Minnesota. You know about hockey, right? <laughs> and you definitely know about the best-looking, you know, black guy in the, in the NHL. Let's be honest. So anyway, um, she comes on and she tells Jill. She goes, Jill, um, who's, this, like, who's this guy? Like, is this your client? Like, she's like, yeah, this is my new client. And she's like, I get it. I'm trying to put a muzzle on him. She's like, yeah, like, seriously. <laughs> so anyway, 
SB's finishes, she comes up to me on the red carpet. She's like, hey, she's like, like, what's the deal? And I'm like, nothing. I said, you know, it's just a compliment. I think you look great. And she's like, well, thank you. And, and like, that was kind of it. And then I just sort of like, you know, I gave her the wink and the whatever. And <laughs> walked off the red carpet. Um, anyway, we get the next day, we were at the uh, Kids' Choice uh, Sports Teens Award. Oh, yeah. and. We're there by Nickelodeon, and we're backstage in the green room, and it's a bunch of athletes back there, you know, um, Clay Thompson, Michael Strahan's there, I'm there, Lindsay's there, and Lindsay's there with her sister. And uh, if you know anything about, you know, women, especially when they have sisters, the best way to get in there, you got to go through the sister. So Lindsay actually thought that I was, like, hitting on her sister because I kept talking to her sister because I'm trying to, you know, leverage, right? Like I told you, I'm a shy guy. I'm not just going to go guns a-blazing in there, even though I put myself on blast on the right right (laughs) Kind of contradicting myself. So anyway, we had like some conversations like backstage, but everything was like high level, nothing serious. And then um, in November, I, you know, we hadn't really spoken for a little bit, but we, I kept in like touch with her sister and kept tabs and whatever. And then in November, uh, I reached out to her and, um, you know, uh, she was getting ready for the Olympics and I don't know what it was, but she, I guess she said that after we spoke in the green room, she found me less obnoxious and actually kind of nice. Good start. Kind of nice. So she's like, you know what, maybe I will talk to this guy. And then sort of the rest is history. We spoke for a couple months. And then uh, uh, Christmas Day, I went to go see my family. Obviously, like I always do, spent two days with my family. And then uh, after breakfast and opening gifts Christmas morning, I jumped on a plane and flew to Denver and then drove uh, to Vail through a unbelievable snowstorm. I know it sounds like I'm making it up, but it wasn't. It was the worst snowstorm I've ever been in. And drove like two and a half hours to her house, and her family was there. I'd never really met anybody in her family other than her sister, and her dad was there. That was <laughs> interesting. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then that's kind of when we started dating. So, really, our one year anniversary would be Christmas Day. So, that's oh. kind of how it started, and we've been uh, dating ever since. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so she's obviously a big fan. Lots of people are big fans. You come into this training camp with the expectations are always high um, yeah. from the fans, from, from the city, everybody around. You said something very interesting at the start of training camp that you think it's good to come in uncomfortable because everybody's spot is up for grabs, essentially. Everybody's trying to make this team and make their mark on this team and, and put this team to where you guys want to go. Why is that important to be uncomfortable in order to achieve that goal? Well, I don't even, you know, for me, when I come into training camp, it's not even about, you know, making an impression or any. I don't focus on any of that stuff. I just focus on getting better, you know. And the, the season starts October 4th, and I just want to be at my best come October 4th. So everything that you do from the start of training camp to there has to be geared towards doing that. And it's not about how long you've been in the league or what you've accomplished. It's more about getting yourself prepared to take another step forward, both individually and as a team. And I think, but the first thing you have to do is you have to get yourself in a position to continue to progress. And uh, I just look at it as you got to take practices seriously, Um, you know, getting in, um, making sure that you're getting into the best form of game shape and as you can sometimes obviously there's no way to really mimic a game you got to get into a game and play but in practice battling hard making sure you're finishing your drills just you know making sure that you're moving your feet like almost overdoing it just just to put that pressure on yourself to be better and 
Um, that's the best part about training camp is that you see your body kind of change and, you know, the feeling that as you get closer and closer to the season. And uh, that's all I look forward to doing is just pushing myself, pushing my teammates. He's P.K. Subban, the first official guest on the Preds official podcast, teaching us sometimes when you're on the red carpet, you got to take a shot. P.K., thanks for doing this. Shoot your shot, young man. <laughs> Shoot your shot. And young ladies, too. In just a moment, we'll preview training camp battles and give away an autographed copy of NHL 19 from that very man himself. Their Preds official podcast rolls on. We're back on the final segment of the Preds official podcast. If local artist and Preds fan Ben Rector says we're brand new, Brooks, then I guess we are. Thomas Willis, Brooks Bratton alongside you for a few more minutes. Let's get to business before we break in to training camp battles and previewing this Predators roster for the new 18-19 season. We are there. It's crazy to believe. So we've been teasing it all episode long. We're going to give away EA Sports' brand new video game, NHL 19, with P.K. Subban as the cover athlete on the cover. The game is sitting on my desk at Bristol Arena. I don't want to be too specific, <laughs> but I've got it, and I'm ready to give it away. It is for PS4, so single tier. I personally have an Xbox. I did that so I wouldn't be tempted to keep it for myself. It's that good of a gift. Here's what you have to do if you want to be entered for a chance to win it. Simply tweet either me, at Tom A. Willis, or at Brooks Braden or at Preds NHL. doesn't matter who you tweet. Just include this hashtag, hashtag Preds Podcast, and you have to have this keyword. The keyword is blue liner, as in he is a defenseman, blue liner. So keyword, blue liner, hashtag Preds Podcast. Throw it out there. Tweet to anyone. We will pick a winner by Wednesday at midnight. So you have a few days to listen to this, get an opportunity um, to get in and, Take home this fabulous prize. That leads me right into future episodes. Hashtag Preds Podcast. That's the way to get engaged in the conversation with this show. We just announced on Friday that this was going to be a thing, so we didn't want to ask for too many questions and that sort of thing. But again, any of those Twitter handles, at Tommy Willis, at Brooks Braden, at Preds NHL, if you use hashtag Preds Podcast, we're happy to answer your questions, your comments, build us up, preferably bring us down if you have to, but get in on the conversation. We're excited to bring this new avenue to Preds fans, a little audio format of NationalPreds.com and the content of the team that you know and love. I never stopped looking at Twitter, so we'll certainly see it. <laughs> we, we certainly will. Again, <laughs> we're going to traditionally have this final segment be a chance to analyze and answer your questions. So without further ado, we've taken care of business. We're going to give away that game, like I said, on Wednesday. Let's kind of where we've been leading to this whole point. We've been going through the offseason to set the stage for the season that is to come. Now, we will not see projected lines and that sort of thing because we're at a 55-man roster for the foreseeable future. So we're not going to see the Jofa line together. We're going to see them split into two groups. But in theory, I want to run through what we think we could see around opening night and then how we get there, what positional battles we could see as we get to that point. So Jofa, I I, I don't love that nickname, but it's just become a thing that <laughs> we have stuck. to use it. So Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, and Victor Arvidsson on the first line. Here's the first training camp battle. So could we see Kevin Fiala and Kyle Turris together? I think that's reasonable. Who is the right wing? Is it Ellie Tolvanen? Is it Craig Smith? So that's the first storyline I want you to touch on. What do we need to see out of Ellie Tolvanen over the next couple of weeks to see him on this roster and in the top six? You just got to watch him throughout the rookie tournament and what he was able to do scoring two goals in the last game. What did you think of him? What did you get from David Poyle, the general manager, when you talked to him? Yeah, really interesting conversation with David on a story that you can read on NashvillePredators.com. <laughs> there it is. Oh, are you sick of that yet? We're not. Uh, so Ellie Tolvanen, here's the deal. Three games in Florida, a assist in the second game, mm-hmm. no goals through two games, gets two goals in that final game. 
So one, just to get some relief off of his shoulders to get not one but two goals in that final contest, he certainly felt good about that. But I talked to David Poyle even before that happened, after those two games. I said, Ellie Tolvanen, of course, he hasn't scored yet in these two games. What have you thought of his play, not only in this rookie tournament, but what you saw in development camp, even going back to those three games that he played last year in the regular season? And the Predators general manager said to me, of course, everybody wants him to score. That's what we know he Mm -hmm. can do. We know he's capable of doing that. That's what we're hoping to see down the road. But what people forget about is if you're not a sound player in your own end, if you can't play the full length of the ice, it doesn't matter if you can't score, if you're going to be a defensive liability or you're not going to make the smart play in the neutral zone. That's what the Predators are really looking for right now from Ellie Tolvanen. Can he make those plays in different areas of the ice? He was set up on the power play in that circle for his one-timer, his trademark spot, as mm-hmm. we saw many a highlight last year from the KHL. That's where he likes to be. He's got the offensive side of the game down. It's acclimating to this North American side sheet of ice. There's less room. There's less time to make decisions. And we're going to need to see from Ellie Tovin in those smart decisions all over the ice. Again, we know he's got skill and speed. We know he can score. Can he become a well-rounded player in these next few weeks and earn a spot? I think it's interesting that you say that because I'll admit it. I've been wondering why we haven't seen just flat out more goals from him in the Future Stars game back earlier this summer. I mean, he did get two at the rookie tournament, but I think that's our expectation. I mean, there's rarely been a player that has been hyped as much as this 19-year-old kid has when he came over last season and logged three NHL games. And I think we all wanted to be like, well, why isn't he scoring against this lesser competition in theory? And I think that's a fair point um, is that, if the defensive game, if that wasn't progressing, it's kind of irrelevant. Like, it doesn't even matter what he's able to do on offense. Do you get the sense that this organization will want to put him in the best chance to succeed and show what he can do over these next three weeks? Absolutely. I think he's going to get every chance to succeed. And I don't think that comes playing eight or nine minutes on a fourth line. Right. I think that comes with getting chances with highly skilled guys like a Philip Forsberg, like a Kyle Turris or a Kevin Fiala whoever might be in a lineup on a certain night, because you know you're not going to ice a full lineup in any preseason game for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's getting those chances with those highly skilled guys that he could play with later on down the line, and I think he will certainly be given every opportunity to do so. I would agree with that, and I will liken it to this. Even if he does take the career path of a Kevin Fiala, who was a first-round pick as well, and honestly took three or so years until he was really and even now he's just now becoming potentially a 25 30 goal scorer that sort of guy he is solidly on the second or third line um i would say it took really three years for that to happen so i agree i think he gets the opportunities this preseason and it's up it's up to him it's up to the kid honestly to like you said show it on both ends of the ice and show that he's ready because you can't be putting him out there 18 19 minutes a night thinking to yourself oh no hope he doesn't you know give up a two on one because like you said it doesn't matter if you score a goal if you go up two the other way. That's that's simple math. I'm not bad at that. Let's go <laughs> to the third. Math. Let's go to the third line again. These are all, of course, just our projections. Um, we'll hopefully see them in a few weeks. But do we see Cali Yarncroke, Nick Benino, and Craig Smith on the third line after Smith shifts down? In theory, uh, either Tolvanen's on that second or third line. That may be one of the best third lines this Predators team has ever iced. I will say this for myself personally. Don't sleep on Nick Bonino. I think we see a much better year out of him. I do think he, of course, broke his foot in the Stanley Cup final against the Preds. 
then had the offseason surgery, and I think that kind of bled into early 2017 for him. And he maybe didn't get the goals that you thought he would. He maybe didn't you know, have the offensive production that he would, to his own standards, hold. Don't be surprised, especially if he's playing with a Cali Yarncroke or a Craig Smith, that this is a guy that could hit 18, 19, 20 goals. I think so. I, I think he's got that capability. I mean, you look, you look at the center depth. We talked about it when they signed Nick Benino last summer. And, of course, it got brought up even further when Kyle Turris came into the mix. That center depth with Johansson, Turris, Benino, and we would think maybe Colton Sisson's on that fourth line. You can certainly interchange a Cali Yarncroc mm-hmm. uh, in there as well. Benino's got some capability to do that on that third line. And like you said, I mean, if that is indeed where he ends up, there could be a lot of speed and a lot of skill on that third line. Give me a final thought on this. So this is the next battle, the big one that we want to see how this plays out over the next few weeks. Austin Watson, he's out for the preseason and the first 27 games, roughly the first third of the season, essentially. Who takes his spot on essentially the left wing on the fourth line? Is it Mika Salamaki? Is it a Ryan Hartman? I know he's traditionally on the right, but could he see more time there? Is it a Zach Ronaldo even? What do you foresee? What do you kind of see from those three guys? And are they the three guys that could take that spot? Is it a Frederick Goudreau? Say, maybe I'll it's throw a in a fourth sure. game. Uh, that's, again, we, we mentioned, and it's a similar situation. On, on the back end, you've got the top four, and then you've got who's going to be on that third pair. On the forward lines, you've got that top line, maybe that top six, maybe that top nine already solidified. Mm-hmm. It's really going to be that fourth line, as I, I think is where we're going to see those top training camp battles. And again, that's what you want. You want that inward competition yeah. and see who's going to win out. I don't know. We, we saw some ice testing earlier. Mika Salamaki looks good on the ice test. <laughs> Freddie Goudreau looks good on the ice test. And again, it's just the ice test, the yeah. on-ice testing, the, the wind sprints, if you will. There's a lot of guys that can fit in there. Ryan Hartman, another guy, signed a one-year deal, a, yeah. a prove-me deal, yep. prove-it deal. You know he's going to be out to prove himself this season. Well, and I think there's a potential that he's even ahead of where we thought he might be with his off-season shoulder surgery. I'm speaking of Hartman, who he was limited in the postseason because of that. So you're right. The prove-it deal works both ways. He's in a situation now where if he goes back to those 19 goals that he scored when he was still with the Chicago Blackhawks, if he does something like that again— Austin, he's a guy that's looking at a $3 million deal for two, three years. I'm talking per season, so maybe a $9 million deal rather than a guy that's making under one. So he's set up for success as well. I think, again, it is Salamaki, Hartman, Goudreau, those sort of guys. Maybe Ronaldo comes in to add that physical element with Watson out of the lineup. Let's go ahead and close it out. We've already hit the end of the debut episode of the Preds Official Podcast. Goodness gracious, that was quick. Isn't it incredible? This of course, it's Thomas Willis. You can follow me at Tom A. Willis. What's your Twitter handle? At Brooks Bratton. Super simple. Now, the best place of good to go is at Preds NHL. They're the first person to have all the best content and all that sort of thing. If you want to engage with the next broadcast, and that's exactly what we want you to do, hashtag Preds Podcast. Get it out there on Twitter. Subscribe, tweet us, that sort of thing. If you want to listen to future episodes on 102.5 The Game on Saturday mornings, of course, And then wherever you like to get your podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, it's going to be there shortly. This has been the first episode. And with that, I sign off with a smile on my face. What a debut episode it was. Can only go up from here. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.